Hi, I'm Carly. I'm a recovered alcoholic. Welcome to North Star Big Book. It is called North Star Big Book because the North Star is where sailors look to when they don't know which way to go and then they're in the dark. This reminds me of how I've used the Big Book my entire sobriety to guide me and lead the way. I'm going to be doing Big Book on podcasts for about 30 minutes each time because I love doing Big Book. I've been sober since January 27th, 1999, and since about a year into my sobriety, I started taking women through the Big Book, and I still do today, and I wanted to be able to share that with other people. So here we go. I talk fast. Sometimes I'm a little bit inappropriate, so please excuse me. Nothing I say is Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm merely reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and sharing my experience, strength, and hope. Okay, on the very first page, I have, right above the words Alcoholics Anonymous, I wrote, if you do not change, you do not change. One of the sponsors I have tells me this line. I love this line. It's one of my favorite ones to be told and to pass on. It's so simple. It's the simple parts of Alcoholics Anonymous that really change me. If I don't change what I'm doing, I'm never going to change. On the top of that page, I wrote, in order to effectively carry the message, we have to be living it ourselves. So I can't effectively tell a girl I'm working with that she needs to send me her 10-step inventory if I'm not doing that with my sponsor. I can't ask somebody how their morning meditation went if I'm not doing mine. I can't bother one of the girls I work with about working with others if I'm not doing the same. So this is just a reminder that if I want to be effective in carrying the message, which is what the 12th step is, I need to be living it myself. On the first part of the inside cover where it's blank, I personally have pictures of my three children and on the top of the page I wrote, this is what I stand to lose. For me, this is my reminder. When I got sober, I was 19 and I did not have these children. They did not choose to be born to an alcoholic mother, but I made a pledge to them before I even met them that I would do all I needed to do in my sobriety so that they would always have a sober mother and a sober home and that they would never know what it's like to grow up in an alcoholic one. So I have this on the inside of my big book to remind me that this sobriety isn't only my own and that they are the three most important humans in my life and they would be the most deeply negatively affected if I didn't stay here. And they stand to be the most positively effective if I do and I do the work. Okay, so right underneath the words Alcoholics Anonymous on the opposite page where I just wrote those two other things, I wrote a line from one of the pamphlets that my sponsor is constantly reminding me and it says, The sole purpose, like the only purpose, the sole purpose of an AA group is the practicing and teaching of the 12 steps. So that is the only purpose. I'll say that again. The sole purpose of an AA group is the practicing and teaching of the 12 steps. So my job at a meeting isn't to see my friends. My job at a meeting isn't just to welcome the newcomer. My job at the meeting isn't so I can hear a good lead. The job of any meeting I go to is that we practice and teach the 12 steps, which means 
If I'm at a meeting where no one is doing that, it is my responsibility. So I'm going to flip the page to the first page where it says Alcoholics Anonymous, the story of how many thousands of men and women. So I have the third edition. I also have a fourth edition. Um, on the second edition, I believe, they used to have this circle and triangle, but then because of some copyright issues, it was taken away. But when I first got sober and the woman I started working with through the book took me through the book, this was the first thing she had me do. So in the middle of the page where it's blank, I wrote, I made a big circle with a triangle. And this is the ancient symbol um, in math. The triangle means change, which is super appropriate since that's all this program is about. On the side, I wrote, the left side of the triangle, I wrote unity. And next to that, I wrote 12 traditions. On the right side of the triangle, I wrote the word service. And next to that, I wrote 12 concepts. And on the bottom of the triangle, I wrote the word recovery. And underneath that, I wrote 12 steps. So the idea is that these are the three legacies, the three parts of our recovery. And I need all three for balance. So I can't just work out of the big book and do the 12 steps and live by myself and not carry the message and not be part of AA of the we and not be of service because somebody needs to be in order to keep the doors open. I need to have the steps, I need the traditions, and I need this 12 concepts of service in order to be balanced. When I got here, I, there was no balance in my life, so I remember my sponsor telling me to write this, and she told me about a three-legged stool and that if one of the legs was shorter than the other or it was broken, I wouldn't be able to sit on it. And that's basically what I was like. And speaking of that stool, I want to identify the word recover, which I wrote on the way top of the page where there's a little space. So I'm really into words. When I first got taken through the book, I had a dictionary open. I was told to underline and highlight and that this book is going to be um, my textbook and I'm going to become a student of the book and that I need to write all this down because one day I'm going to be taking other women through the book. And I looked at her and I thought, she's insane, but I'm going to just write this down because I'm scared of her. So the word recover, I have two different definitions. The first one I wrote is to save from loss and restore to usefulness. To save from loss and restore to usefulness. The next one I wrote is to regain strength, control, composure, and balance. To regain strength, control, composure, and balance. So that second definition, when I got to the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I'll talk about my um, story as I weave it into the book, but when I got here, I was weak, I was out of control, I was a complete mess, and nothing in my life was okay. The first definition about to save from loss and restore to usefulness, I always think about in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, there is... The garbage collectors are very kind and they're not discriminating. And you could put anything you want out on the curb and they'll take it away. And I picture, because I've lived there before and I've walked by broken furniture, I picture a broken red stool and the red stool, one of the legs fell off and it's laying on the side and it's all scratched up and it's got markings all over it and it's clearly not usable. And what the big book and the 12 steps have done for for this alcoholic is 
while doing the work with a sponsor and with my higher power, I was recovered. I was saved from loss and restored to usefulness. It was like I was taken from the side of the garbage on the yard and I was taken back to the wood shop and the new leg was fit and it was all completely sanded down. All the paint was stripped and it was beautiful and clean. There were no marks on it. And then it was, you know, clear painted varnished so it wouldn't, you know, get old. And I put the stool right now next to my chair every morning and I put my coffee on it and my big book and now it is useful. I can today use it while I'm in meditation and in my morning time and it has now been recovered and it's been restored and it's useful. And that is what the 12 steps has done for me. I have been saved from loss. When I got here, I was suicidal. I had tried killing myself. I was completely lost and depressed and broken and I didn't know where else to go. And the best way to describe me in one word was useless. I just sucked up energy from the universe. And because of the 12 steps that I try to practice every day and fail and fall and, you know, I'm human at, I have been restored to usefulness. On my happiest day is the day when I'm the most useful. So the first part um, where it says the story of how many thousands of men and women, I wrote on the side, what is AA? Question mark. And then I made an arrow to that line. So what is AA? And then it says the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. I underlined the words have recovered. This is a promise. It's the first promise that they mentioned in the big book. Oftentimes we hear the promises read at meetings and those are actually the ninth step promises that are not given to us until we're halfway through our eighth step list and working on 10 and 11 and 12 because that's a whole nother story. But this is the first promise of the book. It says how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. And it's a story about us. The first 100 men and women wrote this book. Bill W., one of our co-founders, was the actual writer of the book, but he had to bring it back and forth and back and forth to the group of 100 men and women. So between the years 1935 and 1939, when it was published, this is how we've gotten our story. And the book promises me on this very first page that we will become recovered from alcoholism. Underneath have recovered, I wrote these words and they were taken directly from the next couple of pages we're going to read. From a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. So again, from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. So it says, what is AA? It's the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body from alcoholism. And we're going to get into it in a little bit, but alcoholism, based on what the big book says, is a twofold illness. It's a physical allergy and a mental obsession. So that when I put alcohol in my body, I have a physical allergy, an abnormal reaction to alcohol, and my body craves more alcohol when I activate it. And the other problem, which is the bigger problem, the main source of my problem, is the mental obsession, the thought in my mind that blocks out all other thoughts that I need to drink, that it's my only solution to get relief from the pain. And what this book is saying right here is that this story that we're about to read, this textbook, is a story of how many thousands of women no longer have a physical allergy and a mental obsession due to alcoholism. 
I will always be an alcoholic. I will always have the physical craving if I put alcohol on my body. But today I no longer have the physical craving and I no longer have a mental obsession due to the practicing and teaching of these 12 steps. Just to be clear, I cannot drink alcohol. I can never drink alcohol safely again. I'm allergic to it. The way I treat my physical allergy is I don't drink. And the way I'm able to not drink today without activating the mental obsession is by the practicing and teaching of the 12 steps which clear out the blockage in between me and my higher power. And my higher power is what relieves me of this alcoholism. And I'm going to get more into that in a little bit. The last thing I have on this page that I have the girls I work with do, which is what was told to me, everything I do is something I do and or have done. I wrote the word home group and I left a, a blank space. And I wrote the word service position and I left a blank space. My current home group is Practical Experience Big Book, and that is a meeting that me and one of my sponsors started about five and a half years ago. And my service position is I'm the church liaison, and I get supplies and help with setup or cleanup. So everyone that I work with needs to have those two things. They need to have a place where they're at every single week where they, if they're not there, they need to contact someone in their home group to have them do their service position, even if their service position is just shaking hands at the door. Um, and there's eight shaker hander people and they're like, what's the big deal? I'm just one of eight. If I don't come, it's not that big of a deal. Why do I have to let someone know? And the big deal is if every single one of those eight believed that, then that means that nobody could show up one night and nobody would be responsible for that and who would be there to greet the new people that come to my home group. So if my job is to be a, a greeter and I can't be there, I need to find someone else who can. And it's also about learning how to become accountable, which I did not know how to do at all when I first got here. And this is the first time basically in my new sober life where I'm going to learn this new tool which is I need to show up somewhere on time and I need to have a position there so I'm useful. And I just want to give a little story about this. My first home group ever was Fairmount Tuesday in Cleveland Heights, Ohio. It was a, it was a huge meeting at the time, probably 100, 150 people. And um, I went up to the secretary because my sponsor told me to do that. And I said, can I have a service position? I wanted to be the greeter, like all those other happy people that were greeting because I thought that was glamorous. And she looked at me and she said, we need a cookie person for the next month. And I was like, cookie person? And she's like, yeah, we need a cookie person. Can I sign you up? And I was like, fine. That Tuesday rolled around. I didn't even think about it. I was depressed because I was not working any steps. I was just not drinking, going to meetings and doing the same old stuff. I was about to go to my home group, but I didn't want to go. I was feeling really low down. And I thought, oh, I said I was going to bring cookies and all those alcoholics will be so mad if there's not cookies because they love all their cookies and their sugar and their coffee and they're going to ask the secretary who's in charge of the cookies and when she says some girl named Carly and they know it's me then I'm going to get in trouble and I'm going to be embarrassed so I had to go to the you know store down the street and buy the stupid cookies and those cookies saved my life that night because I needed to get to the meeting and get those cookies for bad motives because I didn't want to not be liked, I got good results. And that's the beauty of Alcoholics Anonymous is I can get good results with bad motives. I can go to a meeting because there's a cute guy there and 
I go there because I want to see that cute guy and while I'm there I accidentally hear a solution or I do something that my sponsor suggested I do and I only do it because I don't want her to yell at me not because I think it's right or because I think it'll help my connection with my higher power and I still get the good results and that's one of the most beautiful parts of Alcoholics Anonymous is that I can get good results even if my motives aren't pure. So I'm going to flip the page to the table of contents. Before we get to that page, on the inside of the page, I found a picture of myself when I was at my lowest point. And I have that in there for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's to remind me. Number two, it's to show girls I work with because, you know, thank God today I'm cleaned up. And although I don't dress fancy or anything, I don't look like I'm dying of alcoholism right now. Thank God from the steps. Um, but I want them to see what my eyes looked like. And this picture shows an empty, ghost-like, dying girl. And underneath the picture I wrote, full-blown, late-stage, doomed to an alcoholic death, alcoholic. Full-blown, late-stage, doomed to an alcoholic death, alcoholic. And that's to remind me that when I got here, I wasn't too young. I wasn't just having a bad run. This was my end. I was dying. And if you look at this picture of me, I look like I'm dying. So this next page is the table of contents. And I like to break this down for the people I'm working with. I just want to say something really quick here. Like what I do on these podcasts is take the listener through the big book. But that's not how I actually take the girls I work with through the steps. They're two separate things. We study the big book and we do that once a week, sometimes more than once a week with each other, with groups of women to go through the book. So we're constantly in the book and, and we have all the information and we're studying it and learning and practicing and teaching. But the work we do together to get free, to become recovered, is not this studying of the big book that I'm going through. We do a different kind of sit down that the first 100 men and women did, which I will discuss another time, but that is going to be a quicker more urgent matter than how I go through the big book because the way I go through the big book sometimes in 30 minutes we might get through like two pages because A, I like to chat and I have a lot of things to say and B, the information is so important that I don't want to miss anything. When we go through the steps with a girl, well, I'll just talk about it right now. So when we go through the steps with a new person or someone who's coming back, we basically do this. Think of it as if I was at the gym and I fell down on my knees because I couldn't breathe and my chest was killing me and the ambulance came and they took me away and my vitals were all over the place and I was barely breathing and they got me into the ER to triage and the ER docs came in and they said we need to get a scan going and they come out and they decide that three out of four of my heart chambers are blocked completely and that I need immediate emergency surgery to unblock them or else I'm going to die. Given that situation, I don't know many people who are going to say, you know what, I understand this is serious, but I'm not really ready to do anything about it. I think I'm going to just sit in the waiting room and, you know, like be around the people that are also sick and just kind of wait until I'm moved to do the work and to get unblocked. No, like if I'm dying, I want you to unblock me. And any sane person would. 
So the first three steps are identifying that my chambers are blacked off, that the only solution that we know of that we haven't tried is to unblock them in emergency surgery, and that we need to make a decision to go unblock them. That's the first three steps. I actually end up talking about a building that's burning in a hallway, which we will discuss in a little bit. But the idea is that we want to immediately get them through this. This conversation takes about an hour, hour and a half to get them through the first three steps. We jump around the big book. Sometimes it's one-on-one if the woman is okay with it. Sometimes it's one with other women there that are also doing the work or newer girls that have been through the 12 steps and want to learn how to take other women through. And so they're allowed to sit in and take better notes because the first time we take a girl through, she's not supposed to take notes. She's just supposed to sit there and try to absorb something. After we do those first three steps, if she makes a decision, she wants to go ahead basically and get unblocked. We give her the directions for the fourth step that night. And we say to her, if you don't go home tonight and start writing on your fourth step at least for 20 minutes, basically you're deciding to go back into the waiting room with three of your chambers blocked off and start eating some Twinkies and Ho-Hos and fried chicken and see how you're going to do. And so the goal is is to get unblocked. So the four through nine steps, which we're going to go through, are the unblockage. So let's say the surgery, and you'll hear about it later, the cleaning of the hallway. And then in 10, 11, and 12, yes, I'm brand new, but we, we try to teach the girl how to take care of her new life, her new body, if we're dealing with the surgery, and how to eat properly, and how to rest, and how to exercise, and how to take her medicine, and how to take care of herself, so she doesn't get unblocked again. But we do get unblocked if we don't take care of ourselves. And same with the hallway that I'll talk about. But that's just a little overview. And and we take the girl through pretty quickly, just as if an ER surgeon would take me through quickly if they found out that I was dying. And the first removal of the blockage is 4 through 9. And then we practice 10, 11, and 12, which is the daily clearing out of the wreckage, the connecting with the higher power, and the carrying it to other people for the rest of our life. And that never ends. But what we do here, that whole process takes about, like I said, an hour, hour and a half to do the first three steps. She's given a week to do her fourth step so she doesn't write the great American novel. It's an inventory, not a story. We sit down for whatever day, evening, morning, time. It takes a long time to do the fifth step in like one day, sometimes two, depending on the schedule of the person. She goes home for an hour after that or to a safe place to do her hour. Then she, we go over six and seven. We tell her the directions of how to do her eighth step. We go over her ninth step amends, and we start guiding her on how to and who to make amends to immediately. And then we teach her how to do 10, 11, and, and eventually 12. So that whole process, the making the amends takes time, but the whole process of starting to clear out the hallway and starting to live this practice can take about two to three months if done out of the book. What I'm doing with the listener here is I'm taking you through how we go through the big book, which takes time, and I never will be done with. I'm a student of the big book. I love to practice and to teach it, but I'm always a student first. I go to big book meetings. My home group is a big book meeting. I have listened to AA leads my entire sobriety, and I consider them to be part of my sponsorship family um, because my head needs to have constant good, positive, strong, sober thoughts to supplant the ones that are not. So back to the table of contents. 
on the way top of the page above the word contents, I wrote the word step one, and next to that I wrote powerless. So I have step one, powerless. Then I have step two, power. Step two, power. And next to power, I wrote chapters two through four. So the first step we're going to cover with the new person, it goes from the beginning with all those four words all the way through Bill's story and it doesn't end until we talk about the second step and there's a solution and we bring more about alcoholism and to really hammer in step one. So we're really not going to ask the girl to decide if she is a, a real alcoholic until page 44 when we identify it and not even again until we get to the third step, which is on like 64 or 65. So step one, the basis and understanding of it is super important, which is why we study it. But the first conversation is just identifying what the problem is, which is again, the physical allergy and the mental obsession. So the top of the page I wrote step one, powerless, step two, power. And then in parentheses, I wrote chapters two through four. And then next to that, I wrote and chapters five through seven. So I wrote power chapters two through four and chapters five through seven. And then I wrote, how do you find a power? How do you find a power? And that's steps three through 12. So steps three through 12. So one identifies the problem, two identifies the solution. And then three through 12 is where and how to find the power. Then it says preface. And I bracketed preface for the first, second, third edition and the doctor's opinion. I bracketed all of that and on the side, on the left side, I wrote brief history of AA. So in that part, which I never read any Roman numeral chapters ever in my life before AA, and I wasn't going to start now and I didn't until I was taken through the book by someone who knew how to take me through the book. And this is actually really important because it's where I learned the history of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I want to understand this. This wasn't a long time ago. This was in 1935, 1934, the roots started really taking place. And to understand how this beautiful fellowship came about, I want to know that because this is something I'm going to devote myself to for the rest of my life. One day at a time, I want to know what I'm talking about. So next to where it says the doctor's opinion and Bill's story on the right hand side, I bracketed those two, the doctor's opinion and Bill's story. And I wrote next to that the problem equals powerless. So the doctor's opinion is where I find out that the problem is that I'm powerless. And I also wrote the word diagnosis. I need to know what's wrong with me. I'm not going to go to the doctor and cough and complain about my throat and my ears and my head and my nose and my breathing and have her give me a prescription for an antibiotic if I don't know that she's certain of what's wrong with me. Or even more importantly, I'm not going to go to find out if I have cancer and be identified that there's a tumor. If I'm not going to take that and I want to see the image of it, I want a second opinion, I want to go to the best oncologists there are, I want to know what's wrong before I'm about to put the chemo and radiation and change my entire life and get sick. I need to know what's truly wrong with me, what my diagnosis is before I'm willing to do the solution because even though I had nowhere else to go and I was desperate and dying and I couldn't live like this anymore, I still was stubborn and defiant and I didn't want to do anything I didn't have to. I was the kid in school that would spend four hours 
creating the smallest world's smallest cheat sheet rather than just study. So I need to know what's wrong with me. And the doctor's opinion is where that's identified. One thing I did learn through listening to AA leads, because I love listening to AA leads, is that in the first edition, the doctor's opinion started on page one. And I believe it was in the second edition. It was either the first to the second or the second to the third where it was changed to Roman numerals and Bill's story started page one. And what was commented on during that part of this person's lead was that the change in people staying sober and understanding what was wrong with them was really highlighted. Because if I don't know what's wrong with me and I just start with the solution, then no one's going to stick with it. Because if I don't understand that my real problem isn't alcohol, my real problem is the way I think and that my mind is messed up and that it's blocked off and I can't hear the right thing to do and I only hear the only solution I remember, which is to pick up a drink, then I'm going, if I don't know that that's the problem, I'm not going to want to do the mental obsession removal, which is found in the 12 steps. I'm not going to want to clear out that hallway. I'm not going to want to go through the surgery and the pain of recovering if I don't do that and get that clear understanding. So the doctor's opinions were the diagnosis, the problem, the powerless, as well as Bill's story. On the side were chapter one, chapter two, and chapter three. On the left side, I bracketed it and I wrote step one. So in Bill's story, there is a solution and more about alcoholism. We're still talking about step one, even though in there is a solution, they mentioned step two, even though in Bill's story, he goes through all the steps. This is really still the foundation of our program, which is step one. In, on the other side, not the left side, the right side, I bracketed there is a solution, more about alcoholism and we agnostics. And next to that, I wrote the solution and I wrote power. So if the doctor's opinion in Bill's story was the problem, powerless, then these three chapters, there is a solution, more about alcoholism and we agnostics, is going to be the solution, power. And I also have written down Carl Jung because part of our solution came from Carl Jung. On the left-hand side, where it says four, five, six, and seven, which is we agnostics, how it works, into action, working with others, I wrote on the side, solution. And next to we agnostics, on the right, I wrote step two. Next to how it works, on the right, I wrote steps three and four. Next to into action, I wrote steps five through 11. And next to working with others, I wrote step 12. So I'll just review that. We agnostics is step two. How it works is steps three and four into action is steps 5 through 11 and working with others is step 12. And on that side I wrote again the solution and I wrote action necessary to recover. So 3 through 12 is what I need to do in order to recover. If I want to become recovered I need to do this work. The reason why this is important and it's not always going to be so technical as we're going through it is because I want to be able to let the girl know what we're going to be going through. I want her also to have this written down so she can easily find where to look for steps three or step two or five and it's right there. And then I bracketed the rest of the part where it says to wives all the way through a vision for you and I just wrote on the side example of daily living principles. Examples of daily living principles. These are great chapters. When I first saw them, I was like, ah, none of this applies to me. Um, but there's so many principles and there's so many reminders of how we affect others. Next to family afterward, I wrote steps 10, 11, and 12. Next to employers, I wrote step 12. And next to a vision for you, I wrote 10, 11, and 12. 
And the last thing we'll look at is where it says personal stories, and I just circled the words personal stories, and I wrote this. I wrote three purposes. So the reason why we have our personal stories in the back of the book, the reason why we have them at meetings is these three things. Number one, help to identify. Number two, find a higher power. And number three, shows it works. Helps to identify, find a higher power, shows it works. That's what I'm supposed to be doing in the telling of my personal story. So we are at time here. Sorry, I went a little bit over a bit. That happens a lot. We have not even gotten to any content, but you can see that there's tons to go through. I'm super excited. If you find this at all interesting, please pass it on. And I hope you have an awesome day. Only you get to decide that.